of Second Thessalonians. Glad you're here in the house of the Lord. Let's read verse 3. It says, Let no man deceive you, top church, by any means. For that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. You cannot fall if you are not there. And that that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. The son of perdition. Today I want to talk to you about the man of sin. And you may think you know where I'm going, but I don't think you know where I'm at. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, bless this church. Bless the congregation. You promised them and me what we ask in your name. You grant it. Grant every family their needs being fulfilled. In our hearts, in our mind, in our hope, in our finances, in our social life, in our spiritual life. Lord, you said you would do it. So we ask of you this morning to fulfill our petition. And above all things, prepare us for heaven. In the name of Jesus, we give you all the praise. You may be seated. As an eight-year-old boy in the Caribbean, Jamaica in particular, I remember being glad to come home, anxious to come home, because we had some old senior folks. We didn't call them seniors. We didn't call them, we call them old folks. They're old, very old, missing all the teeth, gumming it. <laughs> and they would tell us stories. <coughs> and some of those stories they tell us would scare the life out of us. <laughs> we love being scared would come home to be told those stories. I mean, we rush home to hear those stories. And we like when the light is dark and the night is dark and you can't see. But there's a story that was left on my mind that I never forget. They talk about a, a young lad that grew up and he got in a lot of trouble as a kid. Finally, in his older years, he was charged with murder. Now, in those days in my country, you're charged with murder. You don't get life sentence. Your life goes for the life you took. They hang you on Tuesday. Women used to say in the Caribbean, I don't have no Tuesday. That means men watch out. They could kill you because they know they won't be hanged. I don't know if any woman ever been hanged in the Caribbean. This in Jamaica never happened. But men have always had their Tuesdays. They are guaranteed if they kill somebody, they are going to be hanged. I'm not sure the law changed either way. <coughs> but this lad, now the procession is like this. When the person being to be hung, they'll say, now, I want you to name your, your, whatever dish you want. We'll buy any kind of food you want. We'll give you any dish you want. You name it, we're going to feed you the night before. You can ask for anything, we'll get it for you. We get it, make sure you get it. It's your last supper on earth. You're going to have it. And they'll give it to you. So, the, the morning when he was to be hung on the Tuesday, the procession is like this. The chap is walking, and behind him is a preacher. And before him is the hung man. And they would dress him in a certain way, meaning he's going to die. And while he's going up there, the preacher behind him would read a sermon as if he was a dead corpse 
this living man. But the night before the young lad died, he called for his mother. So they granted him his wish. And he called his mother, and they let her in. And But she was perceptive. She looked at him, and she noticed his eyes were glossy as he looked at her. He said, come here, Mom. I want to whisper something to you. And she perceived this guy is up to no good. So she says, what is it, son? So she would not go. So when she wouldn't go, he rattled the bars. He, he, he rattled it real hard and swore and, and shouted it on top of his lung. He said, if you had corrected me when I was wrong, I wouldn't have had this Tuesday. I wouldn't have had this march, death march. I'm going to go. He said, if you had ever come close, I'd have wring your neck off. Jesus, our Jesus is not the first one to behead people. He wanted to behead her, too. Because he felt like she robbed him of discipline and correction and life. Not going to lose his life when he should be enjoying life. And so... The warden took her out, and he's screaming at her insult because that institution of parenting failed him. Never tell him it was wrong, always being excused for his wrongdoings. Never tell him it was sinful what he was doing and illegal and a crime what he was doing. Just let him do it and defended him under all circumstances. And looks like he's getting by. Now, the, the morning comes when he got a, or the morning when they marched him down by a certain time. They have to be hung by a certain time by the tradition of the country. He's marching, and, and the preacher is behind him dressed in full black, reading from a black book. He stopped and turned around and said, Preacher, your hell going to be hotter than mine. He told the preacher that his hell would be hot. He knew where he was going would be hotter than his. In other words, you're not preaching the truth. If you were a truthful preacher, guys like me would not be in the situation. Amen. In other words, you told me what I wanted to hear. You never told me what I needed to know. And you robbed me of a cure that I could have been cured of. He was going to have a preventable death happen to him. And so he, he blamed two institutions. He blamed parenting as a failed institution. And he bet, blamed the church as a Christian institution. It was of no value to him. As if they both were physicians of no hope. What he's saying is, somebody gave me the wrong signal. Somebody gave me green light when they should have given me red light. Somebody told me it was okay when they should have said no, not so, even though it upset them. But that's not what they heard. They heard what they wanted to hear.
and they found out long term it hurts and it's irreparable the damage why would God call this man <coughs> the man of sin and I'm going to tell you this morning most preachers won't even mention it to you that three letter word sin my human nature is to tell you pleasing platitudes. Now, I know what you want to hear because I know what I want to hear. But that's not what you need. I, I, I have changed doctors who laughed at my situation. And I didn't know that's no laughing matter. I didn't come here to be in a pantomime. I didn't come here to be, a, to be mocked. I come here for a cure. And I changed doctors who were frivolous with my problem and my symptoms. And I've also prayed for doctors that God let that doctor know what's wrong with me. Let them diagnose and do all the checks. It may mean spilling a little blood here and there. It may be some discomfort in an MRI chamber or some whatever that takes that I don't like. But I found that most things that cures are bitter. The things that are sweet are deceptive. Amen. And I changed doctors for that. And I believe people in hell right now would like to change doctors. Would love to change churches. Would love to change parents. And they could. But unfortunately, every one of us come to a time when you reach too far to turn back. So, God called this man a man of sin. The men of sin represent lawlessness, villainy, vile, without any restraint. The word sin is a dirty three-letter word in churches today. Nobody wants to mention the word sin. Now, I want to tell you, I came from a family that whipped me when I was wrong and when I wasn't wrong. Didn't matter what side of fence I was on. So I always tried to lie my way out. Because telling the truth wasn't going to help me anyhow. And the outcome was all... That's no advice, please, kids. That's no recommendation, please. But I realized that the one that tempted me to do what I did Never got whipped. <laughs> but I got whipped. Because I carried out the temptation. But the one who inveigled me, the one that enticed me to do those things, never were in trial. And that's where the devil's at. The devil never go to a cemetery, never end up in a casket, never end up in a death chamber, but he's behind it all. I hear your kids talking about it this morning. He's the father of sin. The author and the finisher of sin. He belongs to him. And what is sin? Sin is defined as the transgression of the law. Now, if I don't talk to anybody else, kids, I want to talk to you because your future is bright. But I want to tell you, don't you ever say Preacher, you don't understand. I promise you, I didn't drop from heaven. I was incarnated. I came through a womb just like you did. 
And I'm lying just like you used to lie. I know the tricks you played. I've been there before. You're not the original, my friend. You're just a continuance of an old game. You're not original. So you can't tell us. We don't understand. We've been there, done that, know that. And we know what you're up to. No good. Amen. Hallelujah. But sin is defined as the transgression of the law. My friend last night was talking to me from New York. And he's saying, he said, Dr. Neal, I'm glad I was born in Jamaica. Now, you don't know it. Everybody in Jamaica, except you're the, you're the first one, were kids of slaves. My name should be Mabumbo Babumbo. But my name is Trevor Neal right now. That's my slave master's name, if you want to know. But I thank God. You know what they say in the States? You know what the problem with you, Neil? You have, you have the best kind of slave master there was than we had. Because yours allow you to think for yourself over here that we can't. I said, I thank God for that. You know, my slave master was a British slave master. His name was O'Neill. We don't have the O, so put the Neil on. Put the Neil alone. Drop the O off. We don't want this old Irish business. We want the Neil only. When I was in Nigeria, I told the folks, I come home, friend. I said, I said oh, yeah, look at me there. I said, well, look, man, that's not my name. Neil's not my name. I told what my name was, and boy, they just had a good laugh. But friend, he said, I'm so glad I was born in the Caribbean. Where we were not born in an Islamic place. Where we are forced to worship a state god. He said, I'm so glad I was born in a place where Christianity was allowed. The Bible could be read. Going to church was okay. He said, why would God allow a person like me, 78 years old, to have the truth? He said, I thank God for a little island. Because he's traveled like I have, and I've seen what could happen to him. And the fact we had freedom to worship God. When I went to school, the Bible was a textbook. Gone all those days. Now, I know my teachers smoke cigarettes and they lie and they do all those stuff. But who cares? They were still in the Bible. They were still sowing seeds. They are reading about David. Amen? Hallelujah. When they were probably worse than David. But I didn't know that. <laughs> Hallelujah. But thank God, eh, the Bible was open. It was okay. Every morning we sang before, before school. We sang the hymn, and we read, uh, and those those teachers who spoke and carry on, you know, sermonized to us. They did, and in those those in the morning when they called the bad list out, and I was always on the guess which list, the bad list. <laughs> wish I was on the wish list, but always Trevor Neal, come on up here. You were yesterday. You know, got these tattler girls in church. In school also, telling us that we get called up every morning. So we know in devotion we're going to be get called out. I never forget when I was in this high school and, and we start smoking. Boy, we thought it's a fair. We can smoke and do what feel like. That's what you thought. Monday morning, our names were called. That guy put a rod on. He does this. I kid you not. And we sat like this. Up on that chair, boy. <laughs> 
we were not praying. We were led to the slaughter. Pow! And so we learned to put some books back here. And he heard, pow! He said, come on, boys, put your head in that. Flesh to flesh. And we got it. But I want to tell you, I look back with thanksgiving. I look back with thanksgiving. I'm thankful for those days. He kept me out of jail. Kept me off of drugs. Kept me out of prison. Kept me from the gallows. Thank God. Amen. For somebody who told me that wrong was wrong and right is right. Amen. I say amen. Praise God. My nephew said when he went to university and he saw what goes on, he's a preacher today. He said, you know, I looked and I thought about it and I sure bet I won't do that. It won't pay. But what is sin? Sin, now kids, hear me now. Sin conceals and does not reveal the truth. I'm going to take my, my time talking to you folks, you kids, especially. Sin only shows temporary benefits and never the eternal consequences. Sin never tell it like it is. Always lying to you. Sin will cost you more than you're able to pay. Sin will take you further than you plan to go. Sin only shows you pleasure with it for a moment, but never shows you the awesome penalty. Sin promises much, but delivers so little. Sin is... Come on now. Sin says everybody's doing it, but never show you the end and the tragic end they go through. Sin has pleasure for a season and a lifetime of regret. Sin looks fashionable to the eyes, but hides the scars. Do you hear me, somebody? Sin, the wages of sin is death. And the gift of God, which you all reject, is eternal life. Sin end up with damnation. Sin has sting as a serpent. I remember well the school and we had a fair and the the landlord of the of the bill and the watchman that watches over those things had a, a mango tree. Now a mango tree we boys either throw stones at it or we climb it illegally. We can I don't forget I climbed up one during the fair and they stung me all over. And then I had to go home and explain why my face is swollen up. Hallelujah. First I was stealing and now I'm lying. But I'm, I'm all, you know, they sting me and put all this thing all over my face. And, oh, church. And then they chase you. That's how sin is. Sin will entice you to pick it. But when you pick it, it attacks you. Amen. And leaves swellings in your face. Sin has the sting of a serpent of death. Sin looks comfortable. You hear me, church? But it never shows eternal torment. Sin reverses all the benefits of the good that you had coming to you. Amen. You know, I think about Joseph and I think about Reuben. Reuben is the firstborn, supposed to be the priest of the family. But the Bible said Reuben did something very, very immoral and very evil. And when the time comes for blessing, the father said, Reuben, you're my firstborn. And all that belongs to you, you will not get it. Because of what you did. You see, sin always follow you. Today's a blessing. 
He said, you're as stable as water. You will not excel. In other words, you're not going to climb the ladder if you want to live in sin. But then look at Joseph. Joseph had the same temptation brought to him. And he says, how can I do this and sin against God? He said, I'm not sinning against my parents. I'm sinning against God. Let me tell you, church, fear God more than you fear the preacher. Fear God more than you fear your parents. Fear God more than you fear the government and the police. Fear God because that's where judgment is. He said, how can I do this and sin against my God? And the Bible said God promoted him. Oh, hallelujah. You live in sin, you will be demoted. You live, in, you live in righteousness, my friend, and God will elevate you and promote you. If that's true, clap your hand to Jesus. Sin will find you out. It will expose you. And guess what? Jesus Christ, some church think God is the minister of sin. He's not the minister of sin. Jesus Christ is not the minister of sin. This Bible will never turn God into a sin. It's a hymn. Hello? This Bible will not condone what government allows. Praise God. Remember now, the young lad, he, he attacked two institutions, parenting and church. He said they both failed him. And I'm telling you, Mr. Boy, my friend, someone said, go to the church of your choice. That's a bunch of garbage. I don't go to the doctor of my choice. I go based on recommendation. I go by a track record. I want to know, my friend, after you finish operating on the, th on the theater room, where did that person end up? In the cemetery or in the sanctuary? I want to know, my friend. You become what you focus on. Kids, that's why you don't focus on pornographic magazine. Because you become that. You become what you focus on. Finally, you become it. If that's what you look at, that's what you become. As a man thinketh, so he becomes. And you gotta tell the children that. You gotta tell the kids, no, you can't go that way. We won't condone. Well, I'm gonna leave home. Well, leave home if you want to. I told one boy, his parents one day searched his bed and found under his bed dirty magazines and and took him the task on it, and he called a certain number school gave him to call if parents spanked him. Well, he called them on the parents, and they, and they arrested the parents, and took him from the school, from the parents' home, and put him into a little home. Well, in the home, he learned to do burglary. He graduated into adult crime. Amen. And because he's underage, he has not yet done adult time. For the crime. So he thinks when he was 18, life would be the same way. When he continued to, to commit crime at age 18, they kicked him. They dunked him in the Duncan tank. They bet on him. They tasered him. And finally he died from an overdose as a recluse in the gutter. That's where you're going to end up, my friend. Suicide is not a joke. It's a death sentence that you commit on yourself, my friend. The gift of life is the gift of Christ. You don't want to die lost because uh, your sin will follow you. I want to tell you, my friend, you need somebody to straighten you out. Uh, you need someone to iron the wrinkles in your life. Yeah. You need someone to face it right on and say, you wrong. Uh, what you're saying is wrong. Uh, what you're doing is wrong. Uh, otherwise, you're going to end up in hell. Hell is a horrible place. Uh, the man in hell said, don't come here. It's a dreadful place. Uh, I want to tell you, beloved, you're alive and well. Keep
keep it that way. Praise God. Unrepentant sin. The wages of sin is death. We were all born in sin. But we don't have to die in our sins. Sin is deceitful. Sin is a hypocrite. Sin has two faces. Sin will follow you like a ghost. Right to judgment. If it's unrepentant. I'm telling you my friend, we don't want to talk about sin, but sin is the ruin of the nations. Sin is the ruin of the world. Only two institutions can deal with sin. It's the Bible and the church. The government can't do it. The psychologist can't do it. The sociologist can't do it. The military might can't do it. Your mama can't do it. Your papa can't do it. God chose preaching to save them that believe. If you make it into cause preaching, got into your heart, got into your soul, and got control of your emotion and your feelings, you must say hallelujah. I never forget, grew up with an aunt who always dangled me over the book of Revelation. You know, we call her a witch. My brother would call her a witch because she could always figure out what we were doing. Now, I had no sense to rest the Holy Ghost telling her what's going on. She could figure out everything, and she'd take that book and say, Look, does God know you're telling the truth? And we know God's not, t- God knows I'm telling a lie. So I don't want to lie on God either. Because there's a fear of God in my heart. Not, not to say, yes, God knows. Because I know God knows I'm lying. Hello. Where was the day when I wrote that to that woman who thought I was too wicked to be saved? I said, Mom, Auntie, I'm now born again. Now, my looks didn't change, but my heart changed. My desire changed. The things I used to hate, I love. And the things I used to love, I hate. The place I used to go, I go no more. Something happened. I've been converted. I've been turned around. And the Bible says, except you be converted, you should all likewise perish. Will the preacher please preach on? Will the deacon please deacon? Oh, will the teacher please teach? Will the church please live up to God's expectation? Will the saints please become saints? Come on! We're not here to turn the grace of God into the disgrace of the church. Praise God. The only way a preacher can love you is to tell the truth. A preacher don't love you by lowering the standards or changing the requirements. He don't love you one bit. He's lying to you. Just like a, a permissive parent. I told my wife, if I haven't died before she does, don't you go to a pacifying church. In fact, I told her where to go. Go where they're the meanest, the meanest of people. Go where they preach the law. Stir you up. Fuss you up. Don't go some weak, weak, old, weak, mean church. Amen. That guarantee you hell. Come on, somebody. 
You need a scalpel, not some placebo. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Unrepentant sin will always have the wages of it death. Death. But the gift of God is eternal life. I told God every time I pray to God, there's nothing in the church that offends me. If you say jump, I say, Oh, if you say take it off, I say, How much? If you say run, how far? Because hell is a terrible place. It's a place of torment. You don't get out of there. My friend, the man said, Don't come here. Thirst are not quenched. Prayers aren't answered. Deliverance don't come. If you can get me out of hell, ask the person, What in hell do you want? Don't you tell me to go to hell. Not even your dog, don't tell you all that. Unconfessed sins bring condemnation. A man should recognize why Jesus died for us. Now you kiss him, him my friend. Christ died to free us from the penalty of sin. To free me from the presence of sin. From the power of sin. From the punishment of sin. From the prosecution of sin. From the condemnation of sin. From the consequences of sin. That three that a word going to destroy the whole world. It's not even mentioned one time. Even though in the Bible sin is mentioned 1,292 times sin is mentioned. How can any preacher forsake mentioning sin? Sin, I must be free from the harm of sin. I must be free from the dominion of sin. I must be free from the purpose of sin and the condemnation. Parents, if you're here this morning, your parents, I'm not picking on you. I have no kid. The only kid I have in my life is my wife. We babysit each other, and we love the job. I change her pump punch. She my pump too. We change. We say we change sometimes, but it's all right. Well, amen. It's all right. We burp each other. It's a good job. We just never seem to grow up. Amen. I said, Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. If there's anything you can do for your child, tell them the truth. Maybe you don't have no money to give them. Or so long monarchical background you can give to them as a legacy. But if all you can give to your kids the Bible with the truth. That's more than all the riches of the world you could have. One father gave his son a Bible, and the boy was so angry. He said, that's, that's all you could give me from all your riches. And he threw the Bible away and put it up in his attic and would never open it. And envy all the other relatives who got money, cash in their hand. And he got no cash but a Bible. The devil hates the Bible. It tells you how to live. 
You tell when they're wrong from when you're right. The psychologist said, don't go to a church that reminds you you're a sinner. Hello? They want you saving your sin. They're not good for you. They're not good for you. Praise God. Hallelujah. When the doctor laughed about my diabetes, I said one foot in the grave and one foot out, I dropped him. Now he's in the grave, I'm still up here. I'm alive, he's dead, but I'm not. I dropped him pretty quick. You don't laugh about my situation, sir. This is a life and death to me. Come on, somebody. I expect you to tell me the truth. I may not like it, but it's the truth. Praise God, Brother Matthias. Whether the fire inspector tell me the truth, I don't like it. But I know one thing. If the problem comes, I'm in trouble. So, hey, I got a good diagnosis. Amen. I've been lied to all the time. I, lo I love those liars, you know. It costs me less. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Those liars, I love them. It costs me a whole lot less. But the first time I heard the truth, I mean, the sword comes up. I get mad. I get angry. But deep in my heart, I know the guy is right. He's right. He's given the right signal. Come on, sin. The man of sin is going to have a world of promiscuity. Do you hear me? And the world is going to have sin at their leisure. When the church is gone, there is no restraint. When I was a kid, I longed to run away from home. Oh, I couldn't wait to run away from home. But I thought about it, you know, and, and that wasn't even in Canada where there's that snow. Over there, it's, it's always Garden of Eden temperature. Nice sunshine. Sunshine all the time. So it's not, not that bad. You can sleep outside if you have to. Not that here, far below, you freeze to death. <laughs> freeze. Amen. <laughs> but I thought, if I leave, who's going to cook for me? Who's going to wash for me? Where did it come from? And I began to say, oh, I better stay home. <laughs> and put up with the law. <laughs> Amen. But I didn't like what I'm hearing. But now, here I get up older and I'm teaching everything I didn't like. All of a sudden, my, my peers are, are smart. It's not smart. It's God opening my eyes. And I realize, you know, hey, you, you kids, you act like your parents are crazy. But when you're driving your kids, and you love your children, and you want your kids to be saved, you will do the same and maybe even worse. Because you love your boys, and you love your girls, and you don't want to see them perish. You want to see them prosper, not perish. And you put your foot down and say, look, i got to tell you, sin is sin, and sin must be dealt with before it ruins you. You know, before I got saved, you asked my sisters. I used to curse them out. You crazy girls. You go to that church and let that dude tell you how to dress, how to fix your hair. You're a bunch of crazy people. I did all that. That's the honest truth. It's amazing, you know. The church is full of full of ex-con, except you guys. Paul was a con. He was a terrorist. Moses was a murderer. Hello? But God loved ex-cons. He turned con into converts. Come on, somebody. He turned sinners into saints. Amen. It used to be, but no longer is so. 
God turned things around. I'm so glad. There's a great change in me. I'm so happy. I'm so free. He brought me out of bondage into marvelous light. Woo! Hallelujah! I'm free at last. You want to shout hallelujah? I, I must confess, I'm living off the blessing of my mom and dad because I did nothing good to deserve what I have. If they hadn't put that laws in me, I saw drugs, and I said no. And the only thing that stopped me from drugs was I fear I may not wake up. And I fear I'm going to go to hell. And I heard enough about hell to know I don't want to go there. So I said, I don't want that. I don't want that. Praise God. Church, if there is no hell, and we die, I find there's no hell, we still haven't lost. But if you said there is no hell, and you die and there is one, you're a two-time loser. You lose big time. My friend, hell is mentioned several times in the Bible. Too much to mention. Praise God. I want to take God. Gave us Acts 2.38. There's a little story told. It's a story told. I'm not sure how true it is. This thief, brokenless lady's house, and to rob her. She's an old lady. And so when they come to rob her, and the police came and she got them all surrendered to the police. The police says, Well, sir, that's an old frail woman. How come you surrender to her and not to us at the first call? He said, Sir, she convinced me she was fully armed. And told me by coming closer, she got her axe at 238. <laughs> and I was prepared to go through that. So, so, so that's what happened. He says, my good man, that's just a scripture. One day in church, God gave us Acts 2.38. You know what? To clean and cleanse us from sin. When I went in that water, I cannot forget it. I went in there heavy. But when I went in that cold water, it got warm. I kid you not. And that was no hallucination either. It got warm. Amen. And he washed away my sins. Purged my sins. Blood out my sins. Nailed it to a cross. And took my sins away. I sing a song. I came to Jesus. We rewarded said, But he took my sins And now I'm You know, I told God last night in this church, I said, God, if those folks had known me before I got saved, they would run from me. There's a side you haven't seen. None of your business. God hid it. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Amen. Praise God. You know, I want those kids come to my office all the time and not feed bad. Where's, where's Mrs. B? Where's she at? I said, Mr. B, come on, sit in my office, sit in that chair. You know, some saints think 
If Pastor called the office, woe is me. You know, here come his horn coming out. Here comes big old horns gonna gonna get me now. Well I done wrong. Mm-mm. There was a time let me tell you why I didn't go to church. To be honest with you. I couldn't stand knowing the altar call was given and I turned my back on God. I could not take it. And that's the reason why I didn't go to church. It wasn't that I didn't like church or didn't like God. My conscience bothered me. You just missed another chance to serve God. And it bothered me. I liked everything about church except altar call. Now, you want, you want to see the devil work? Watch when I give altar call. All the saints who got water problem, hydro problem, going to get right up. I mean, brother, we need, we need a, a, an hydrologist in this church. Because about altar call time, I mean, the tap turns on. And everybody make a beeline for the bathroom. You know why? It's the most crucial time in any church service. This is the least of all the time. But what I do with the outcome is what matters most. Amen. I got saved at a time when the church was being dismissed. I'm sure that God want to go home. And I just want to start praying. They're done with church. I just got started. I never forget, we got some chronic people. We call them chronic saints. Or chronic believers coming in. When they want the Holy Ghost. And when he comes to the altar, every city of God says, Oh, not that one. Not, Oh, God, for the Holy Ghost. Oh, God, not that one. I know one guy, he was, he was so crying, so bad. One preacher stopped and said, Oh, God, please give that man the Holy Ghost so I can preach. He's bothering me. Well, I was one of those kind of person. But church, God just freed me from the dominion of addiction. Sin. God just took me to bondage, changed me from a life of sin, cured me. The church should be happy. The church should be rejoicing. Not watching their clock, but shout with me. Another one, not bite the dust. Another one, get away from the fuss. God lift him up from the deep mire clay and set his feet on a rock to stay. Come on, church. The reproach is gone. The adversary is gone. I'm not only an enemy. I'm a fellow citizen of God. Why? Because Jesus Christ set me free. Oh, come back to God. Let the church say amen. Let the church say amen. Come back to God. I should have died many years ago, once, twice in Jamaica, seven of school, and I went to swimming. Almost got drowned. I never forget those times. I'd have been in hell today, six to six years in hell, almost. But God, but God, you, have you ever been to the altar and said, God? What on earth did you see through this mud that you would get dirty your hands and pick me up, 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 up from the mire clay? I was a servant to sin. Praise God. I had no peace 
within. Hallelujah. My conscience was seared by sin. And I need God to surgically purge me from my sin. Why would God waste His time with people like me when there's so much better than me out there? But I can see right now, church, I feel cleansed from sins. Hallelujah. It's a wonderful thing to be free from sin. It's a wonderful thing to walk in God's presence and say nothing between my soul and my Savior. That is blessing I cannot receive. Nothing preventing the least of His favor. I've been purged. I've been washed. I've been sanctified. I've been glorified. I've been justified through the name of Jesus Christ. You see, somebody don't understand that God is my Lamb that taketh away my sins from my world. Do I have a witness out there? I know that came off my pew. God said, get out that pew, boy. Get down that altar and go pray. And I thought, oh, God, people are watching. He said, get right there if you want to be saved. That's why I said, okay, if you want me, come and repent. Let that preacher come and tap me on the shoulder and say, come on down and, and, and pray. Nowadays, we can't do that. People will sue you for touching them. Uh-oh. One time you can point people sin out. No, if you do, they'll sue you for what? Slander. Hello? That's why so many sin go unpurged. Huh? You know how many people drop in the street and nobody's going to give mouth-to-mouth resuscitation? Who wants to get AIDS? You better pray don't drop a faint out there. Because there'll be nobody kissing you, my friend, kissing breath in you. One time that was done. No more. It's gone. The mercy of men is gone. Hello? Hello? And too bad church is not concerned about the unsaved. They're more concerned about their own savory. They must say, what's in for me? Hallelujah. Another burden for the lost. Came down to pray with my sins and loaded sins. And God said, now repent. I prayed like I never prayed before. God said, now, boy, get baptized in Jesus' name. What? Tonight? I said, no. I got school to go to tomorrow. I got college. Stag party. Don't ask what that means, a bad party. Don't go there. I got to go to a stag party, God. God said, no, no, you're not going there. You're going to change tonight. So I... I beckoned to the preacher, come on over here. He says, yeah, what, what's up? I said, I want to be baptized tonight. He said, no, no, no. You're not ready. I said, sir, I'm very ready. He said, you're not ready. I said, I'm ready, sir. He said, you know what's going It's like being changed of scenery, change of environment, maybe even change of friends. You sure you want? I said, sir, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. He said, all right, pray some more. And I'm praying by myself. And I'm... And my parents were in church that day. They were shocked to see me come to church in the first place. And they were shocked. I said, Mom and Dad, I'm not the boy you thought I was. That's all I said. I'm not the kind of boy you thought I was. And that's all God wanted me to say. No details, God. 
I don't got all the details. But I'm confessing my sins. And I'm going to forsake them now. And, you know, nice parents. Oh, boy, it's all right. It's okay. It's okay. I went back and I prayed. And God said, if you will walk with me, I'll walk with you. Church, who wants to work, walk with a sinner? But Jesus did. He was a friend of sinner. If I confess and forsake my sin, he's faithful and just to forgive me of all all my sin not some sin all my sin and he blocked them out church I'm telling you I felt that blotting out I felt that rooting up when God cut out my sins I hate sin today sin is my enemy number one the greatest enemy in your life is sin hallelujah and so God said now be baptized let's stand Church is a bad thing. Young people, hear me right now. If you've a godly mom and godly dad, go home and wash your feet. Wash it with your tears. I didn't realize how much influence my parents had on my future life until I grew up and even until I started counseling. Tell you, if your parents were not that kind of person, that's no excuse to mess up. Jabez rewrote the script. Anybody was stop and think, how on earth did you Uriah got in the army of God? You know who Uriah is? A Hittite. You know who a Hittite is? A sworn enemy of Israel. God says, wipe them out. But God never turned away repentance. Root reversed curses and cured it by a decision to give up the life of a Moabite and become an Israelite. Think about it. Rahab, a prostitute. <laughs> Turn and God made her a grandmother of Jesus Christ. I'm trying to tell you, friend, you can't sin no sin in your life that cannot be forgiven. Right, amen. Except blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And you can't blaspheme the Holy Ghost if you, if you never had it. Mm. Or had Him. Praise God. There's a train wreck. And thousands, hundreds died. And they said, they went through the wreckage and they found this man that was an engineer. And they asked him, while he's dying, what happened? Somebody gave me the wrong signal. They gave me the wrong signal. I know a boy right now, when he was so small, he was so cute.
handsome looking boy. His hair was handsome. And the guys was handsome. And struck with some uncute thing, but they still think he's cute. Mm -mm. Today, he's a murderer. Mm -hmm. He's a murderer. Another one, his, his mother, sometimes parents have gone to the extra distance to save their kids. You know, SOC means save our kids from sin. And the mom took his clothing and said, Son, I don't think I want you on that trip. Don't go on that trip, boy. I don't want you to go. So he had a friend who helped him to steal his clothing, hide it next door to the neighbor. The neighbor condoned it. And he went on this trip. This trip went pretty good on the way. Went back pretty good. Went with a girlfriend and he went there. And nothing happened. On the way back, they began to mock and carry on and mistreat the priest and the nuns and all that stuff and do terrible things. And somehow that train slipped off the line. It's the greatest crash in Jamaica called the Kendall Crash. They bear them in big old cemeteries, big old long trenches. I can see somewhere they keep the big old trenches too with the <coughs> they searched for his body. They couldn't find it. His girlfriend survived, but he didn't. When they found him, he had no cut on the outside. He looked normal. When they put him up on the inside, every bone was broken. He's crushed on the inside. He's dead. His father at the cemetery, where they're burying him, began to cry, God, why are you so wicked? Why do you take my only son? You killed him. But nobody knows the truth. God did try to stop him. But you know, Jesus Christ stand at hell's gate flagging you down. And stopping you from going to hell. You may look good on the outside, but you're crushed on the inside. You're crushed emotionally. You're crushed. Your feelings and your thoughts. You're suicidal. You're on death trap. The devil's trying to do you in. You look normal on the outside, but inside you're dying. God said, I tried to stop him. I did. Try to stop him. I can understand why God prayed this way for Judas. Sister, Jesus, you could hear in his voice, Father, Father, I've kept them that you gave me, but I've lost none. And I hate that word, but I could not help this one. Would you bow your heads? The church sang tonight. Today we're praying for you. Are you beyond our reaching with prayer right now? I know you hate the word sin. You don't want me to talk about it. 
But if I was a mom and dad, I'd rather my kids hate me for doing what's right than condoning than they curse me going the way to hell. I want to ask you this morning, if you say you have no sin, then you lie. Because we've all born in sin and shaped in iniquity. But we can also send our sins to judgment. This morning I woke up very early, about 4 o'clock, and prayed. I sent my sins to judgment. They're the sin of omission, the sin of commission, the sin of ignorance. And then there's willful sin. He said, I can't help you in that one. Anybody this morning, God's trying to reach you. I'm not here to condemn your church. I'm trying to tell you the truth. God gave us a message to preach to you. The soul that sinneth shall die. If you think I'm lying, read the 18th chapter of the book of Ezekiel. There's the Lamb of God in this place. I'll help you right now. Young people, I'm going to call to the altar right now. Young people. I was preaching in the British Columbia for a pastor. Some young people sat at the back and they mocked him. In fact, the girl did. The guy didn't. She's a backslider. He wasn't. When the search was over, they jumped in their car. And they raced down, because it's turned on the main street, raced and squirt the tire and turned around. And the church was on the main I can give his numbers, the address, you can confirm what I'm saying. When they turn around and come back, right before the church, the car flipped. And she burned to death in that fire. She and the boy burned to death. Did God try to stop them? The devil want to ruin your kids. Sin look for an open door or an open heart to control. Kids, would you pray? Don't look at me. Look at Jesus. The devil seek to stop that child that was to be caught up into heaven. He want to stop you from being in the rapture. What you focus on is what you become. What you think on, you become. I know what you're thinking on right now. But our life is short. Death is sore. Sin is the cause of our death. Oh. I want you to song. I guess... The world would take me back, but I'm glad I'm off the track. I've had enough of sin, but I love this peace with it. Oh, keep me, Jesus, in your arms. For if I should leave you now, where would I go? You out there, I know. The devil don't care what size you are. The devil don't care how long you've been in church. He will never stop till he gets you. He will.
will ever stop till he gets you. But you can resist the devil. Deep in your harbor, how secure do you feel? Sin is a cancer. It fights and eats up good things. Somebody here, God is talking to them. Come on, young people. Sin is deceitful. Sin is the problem. Sin can be cured by the blood of Jesus. I shall leave you now.